This is Kayak Fishing Radio, and it's time for Yak Fish in Texas with your hosts, Jaron Wassel and Andrew Moxakimba. Join the conversation at kayakfishingradio.com or call the guys up at 714-816-4727. Now, it's time for Yak Fishing Texas. Here are your hosts, Jaron and Andrew. another edition of Yak Fishing Texas. I am your host, Jaron Wassel, and I am joined again by my friend, Andrew Moxagemba. We are going to have a pretty good show tonight. We've got the owner of Yak Gear. He's going to be coming on to talk about what's going on in the world of kayak rigging and accessory pieces in his neck of the woods. So that will be happening probably around 8.30 or so. But uh, yeah, so... Everybody, the White Bass Run is officially on. I don't know if uh, you've checked out our Facebook page we've created, but we, I got on some really solid fish this weekend. They, they were running really, really thick, some really good fish. We didn't catch too many small ones. So everything was really stout around the 16 to 18-inch range. So lots of good ones to get out there. If you've got a chance in an area that you can go and target these things, Get to stepping because it's uh, it's on and it won't last for maybe a month or so. So you've got a little bit of a window there. Um, Andrew, have you ever caught white bass before? I've never fished for white bass before, Jaron. But uh, another couple guys in Houston did this past week, and I plan on going um, weekend after next up around spring to do some white bass fishing. Yeah, you said you were going to go fishing this next weekend. Where uh, where are you thinking about going? Uh, Galveston Bay Complex somewhere. I haven't decided yet. He's going to go do some trout stuff? Yeah, absolutely. I have a friend of mine just just picked up a lure, and uh, his brother owns a Simmons, so I figure one way or another I'll get on the water this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, get after it, man. Like, like, like I said, if you've got a place to go after the those whites, man, uh, do it, because... It's it's on, and what's I'll tell you what, man. What was so appealing about getting out there and catching them was my wife and I were really the only ones catching them. This one guy was in location and posted up on one spot, and he was hauling them in left and right, and we weren't getting hits at all. Well, he made the mistake and he left his spot. Well, rule of thumb, you leave your spot and you don't leave any trace behind to mark that as your territory. I'm taking it. So it's a uh, it's it's my spot. <laughs> that's that's what it is. And so we moved there and my wife and I actually got on to the fish right there in a little hole and we were throwing little crankbaits. Well those guys were throwing I've never seen anybody fish for white bass in this fashion. They actually took corks, put them on their line, throw them out with a 
you know, probably four foot down underneath, they'd have a little crappie jig, and they'd pop it like they would a popping cork at the coast. I've never seen anybody fish white bass that way in my life. But we were watching all these guys doing that, and we didn't, they weren't catching anything. So all we were doing is we were, I threw on an old small crankbait because that's what I used to use out in East Texas. And I threw up in these little breaks, and I'd bring it, and as the, as the lure came over some tree stumps and came down the deeper water, that's when those things would click and hit, and that really triggered the bite. So you can try probably various different uh, approaches to go and catch these things currently, but for me, my go-to right now, crankbaits, small little ones that are going to be shallow divers anywhere from zero to four feet. Uh, you can use crappie jigs, but the way the water is in our, our neck of the woods, it warmed up. 10 degrees from last weekend, so they were a little bit more active than they were the prior, and you didn't have to move the lure as slowly. That's why I think that the, the crankbaits really kicked in, and they, they really liked that. But Yeah, definitely, Andrew, go, get a chance. I don't know. Maybe Cliff knows a spot that he can take you out and uh, maybe go for them. Um, the two guys up in spring have been doing, have been slaughtering them, just like you did this past weekend, so... I'm going to go find out where they're going, see if I can figure out freshwater fishing a little bit. Yeah, but the nice thing about it, man, is it's not really a lot to figure out. Those things are so welled up in the rivers in such large quantities that you just go and fish current breaks, and that's it. So I, it's that's really all it is. But So, uh, so like, yeah, so last, last weekend was boondoggle. Kind of, uh, kind of upset that we didn't get a chance to go back, but... You know, it looked like they, those guys had a lot of fun. I think they had somewhere around like 40, 50 people show up for the boondoggle. Uh, that's, a, that's a pretty good gathering. But they were out at Crooked State Park or Crooked River State Park out in Georgia. And for anybody who does not understand what boondoggle is and they see it all over the place, boondoggle has got to be one of the most fun kayak fishing events you will ever attend. It is literally nothing but a gathering of like-minded kayak fishermen to sit around, fish, drink beer, hang out, and if you really, like I said in the video that we have posted up, like if you go by the definition of it, do nothing. It is an absolute blast to go and hang out with all those guys, Mark and Adam and Chip and all of them. They, they put on a heck of an event, oh, and Jerry too, uh, they put on an amazing event, and so if you, and it's always held on President's Day and Columbus Day throughout the year. So President's Day just passed. Coming up October, Columbus Day will be the next boondoggle, and it's a, to be a determined location as of right now, or to be announced. So I'm kind of kind of curious what the guys have up their sleeves for the the next location. What's your what's your bet, man? I'm I'm gonna bet. I'm going to bet Louisiana. What do you think? Well, that wouldn't be bad. I mean, they're going to have a hard time topping that last stop, though. You know, right, right there in Pensacola, that was unreal. Um, <laughs> yeah. I hope they come to Texas. I mean, that would be a nice – I mean, I think we're committed to going again from what I understand. And, I mean, Texas would be nice. But I wouldn't mind going to Louisiana, yeah. right? So. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, Texas would be an absolute blast to hold boondoggle. I'd love for those guys to come out to our neck of the woods and, you know, fish 
especially some of the guys would come out there because we could we could probably easily fill a large venue of four to five hundred people with all the people from Texas Kayak Fishermen, Texas Fishing Forum, Extreme Coast. You I mean you name the fishing site, we could probably really lock down a huge crowd, and they could fully experience and understand what is boondoggle. And I think, to be honest, man, I think a lot of those guys would trip out the very first night hearing everybody holler that out. Yeah, no, I'm sure that it'd be a little bit louder maybe in Texas. I assume we drink a little bit more pro- professionally here than they do in other parts of the country. I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to say that I disagree, but I'm not going to throw out a gauntlet like that because that sounds like pain. I wouldn't say I mean, it's not actually a positive. I'm just throwing it out there. There's some people in the, in our community that tend to partake. Oh, absolutely. I agree. Well, uh, well, you know, kind of kick back to what I was talking to you about a second ago with the white bass. It kind of brought me up to something. I really noticed something this last weekend that really kind of gets me going, man. And it's basically what it is. It's, it's some kayak fishing etiquette. So there are, in my opinion, there's a lot of unwritten rules that us kayak fishermen, we follow. And the main one is, in my opinion, is pot licking. Uh, now, from what I just said a little bit ago, yeah, I do sound like what the definition of a pot licker is, but when you're in a small body of water like that, you really have no choice but to fish shoulder to shoulder. Doesn't doesn't necessarily disqualify you from certain etiquette points, though. But there were some stuff that went down the river that, you know, the the day after when we went back that kind of really rubbed me the wrong way, man. Uh, You know, for me, I've always been the one where, you know, if I see someone fishing in a certain location and if you're out in the bay or a lake or whatever like that, always be mindful of what the guy that's already established a spot is doing. Give him his space. You know, my, my rule of thumb is, you know, give him 100 to 200 yards. Because, man, that's a pretty, chunk of di- pretty good chunk of distance, but that keeps me from disturbing him or anything outside of that nature. Um, and, you know, in river fishing, if there's a guy that's established, you know, I'll go ahead and post up, you know, maybe – 50 yards from him if it's a narrow body of water. Or, you know, possibly if I've got a paddle past him to go to where I'm going, I'm, I'm fine with that too. As long as I let the guy go, no, I'm coming through and I'm not sticking around long. Uh, I think that's a pretty good way to do things. But, you know, like when we were fishing there, I was giving that guy probably about 50 yards. But we had all of these guys come in. As soon as they see you catch one fish, they come pouring down to where you're at. They just funnel to you. Now, if you don't know what a pot liquor is, you know, it's, it's basically someone who just comes in, and you deal by the definition of what we all do, you just lick the pot clean for leftovers. They're going to come in and they're going to get all up on where you're at and utilize all the work that you put in to find the fish, and then they go forth with it all. So, you know, Andrew's a really good definition of a pot liquor. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I go with people, and I try to get as close to them as I possibly can. And if we can make our baits touch in the water, then I'm, you know, I'm doing what I'm trying to do. You know, I, I just want to have as many. 
angry, evil, yeah. entangled minds as possible. Right. <laughs> nah, I mean, I'm just kidding. But yeah, dude, it, it was so crazy. You know, these guys, they were, they're, they're literally, I, I'm posted up in one spot, and they've got a stretch of a river that they can walk down. Uh, they can probably walk down easy another 50 yards, and there's nobody in, in that stretch. They could easily have gone down a ways and just continued to fish and did what I did and wait for someone to leave completely before they come in that area. You know, I don't have a problem with that. You know, and I don't, have, I don't really have a problem with someone coming in, you know, fairly close and casting as long as they're mindful of what's going on. But these guys, they didn't have any care in the world for what they were doing. They literally would just come in there and they start casting. And, I mean, it was nothing for a lure to to be thrown right across my line, snag my line, you know, it, and then if it doesn't snap it, then you've got to check your line for abrasions from the hooks, and, you know, then there's guys casting and there's, there's lures coming at your boat or anything like that. I mean, to me, that's a little close. That's, that's too close. That's far too close. And, you know, if you're going to be out in the water and you're going to go out where there's, you know, it's a well-known spot, but you consider it your spot, you know, just approach it in different ways. You know, if, if there's someone in your spot, you've got a couple of options that you can do. And these are, these are kind of three little rules that I, run, that I run with. And it's either the first one is go fish somewhere else uh, around that vicinity of your spot. You don't necessarily have to leave the area completely and wait until that person's gone completely. Uh, if not, then go fish somewhere else entirely it, it don't don't feel like that's your only limited spot because you're confident you caught a couple of whatever in that hole prior you know that to me that that's another big thing go expand your horizons it, it that that's that's a better you're going to become a better fisherman by going out there and finding new areas just in that one little hole so definitely that and definitely, you know, go by that rule, too. But the last one, early bird gets the worm. <laughs> That's the easiest rule in the entire book. If, if there is someone continuously in your spot day after day after day, every time that you go out, get up earlier. <laughs> get up earlier. Go establish yourself out there. Who cares if you get out there, you know, at the wrong switch of the tide or, you know, a little before sunlight and the water hasn't warmed up yet. Get out there early. Get out there early, establish yourself, so when that guy that's been in your spot continuously comes around, he ain't got a fishable piece of water unless he, you know, and hopefully he extends you the same courtesy that you did. So, uh, Andrew, have you ever had anybody come literally come and fish right up on top of you? Only people I, I've taken fishing, you know, I've never had it where, like, not in a kayak, in, in, the, in a boat, yeah, we've had that happen a lot. But I've had it with, we, you know what happened to both of us. We took a couple guys out paddling, and we thought they kind of had, you know, a basic etiquette down. And um, they were, you know, they were causing us having problems with the fish. They were getting right on top of us while we were casting, you know, playing, you know, hopping over us the whole time we were casting. So, I mean, it's not just, you know, people that, you, know, you don't know that you go to a spot and you, know, you might have a potluck or whatever, but it's just, it's just common courtesy about fishing in general. And, right. Absolutely. And giving that's, you that space. That's the key. You know, it's 
even if you're taking out a group of friends and, you know, your friends are newbies or anything like that, you know, kind of explain to them, you know, this is what's going to go on. I'm going to sit up my boat right here and I'm going to fish this stretch of water. Go down 25, 30 feet from me and start just mimicking what I'm doing. I'll tell you what I'm doing, but just don't start casting in my area and stuff like that. I mean, granted, you're going to have to have some leeway on your your patience level with a, a guest, but, you know, an established friend who's, you know, done fishing with you before, you know, maybe a little bit more knowledge should be spread on his behalf, yell at him a little bit more. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, common courtesy out on the water, guys, it goes a long way. Uh, practice it, show others that you're practicing it, and hope in return that they are going to extend that to you because they witness you doing, it's kind of, you know, witness you doing a good deed. You know, if you give someone courtesy, typically they're going to be courteous back. So, just a little bit of just a little bit of knowledge to drop right there. That's it was really it really grind my gears after this last weekend, man. I just I've fished in crowded areas before, not a problem, but never like this. It was just it was a shame. So I mean, I'll tell you what, when a guy casts at your boat and he hooks the the limbs and stuff around you literally within feet. And then he and he breaks his lure off and asks for you get back. That's a tough call right there. <laughs> That's a tough call. Do you give it back to him, or since he's casting right at you and doing all that over and over again, do you keep it? I keep what it. would you do? <laughs> oh, that's, that's <laughs> well, I kind of lure now. I kind of figured you would have kept it. I, that's, you know, I, I think it, it depends on the guy. If he's done it repeatedly and it's got across my line over and over and over again, whatnot. I may not keep it right off the bat, but I'm definitely not going to give it to him right after that because who says he's not going to do it all over again? And plus, I've got to move my vote and go back over there, give him a lure, and then potentially someone slide in right behind me. So, well, I'm just saying, being where my pace level is, I'd probably take the lure, cut mine off, tie his on, and continue to fish. That's awesome. I can't necessarily say I ever thought about that, but <laughs> I don't know if I've necessarily practiced that, but that, that, that's, that's a level of funny that I've never really heard. Um, yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm not good at making friends, let's be honest. <laughs> well, it's in all seriousness, guys. I mean, if you're out on the water and there's someone out there, give him space. Unless invited in by him and, you know, give him the okay, be courteous to your fellow fishermen, especially your fellow kayak fishermen. We are brothers out there, and uh, everybody's going to enjoy their fishing day a whole lot more than that. I'm off my soapbox. I don't know about you. <laughs> that, was, that just rubbed me completely wrong all weekend. I, had, I was waiting until today to vent about it. Well, but, well so coming up this weekend... Uh, continue our theme for the early season. Uh, we, will, uh, we will have another cast event. That's the Kayak Angler Tournament Series, the Freshwater Bass Fishing Series for Kayaks. Uh, they're going to be out at Lake Wood. Lake Wood is east of San Marcos. Uh, and if you're interested in getting into a very open environment for kayak fishing, and, you know, it's 
It's just like Lone Star Kayak Series. It's very inviting, and you can learn a lot, especially since there's a social division and a competitive division. You can work your way up. But join the cat, uh, the cat guys out there. You can register online, fishcats.com. Uh, it's a very simple registration process. It's all done online. And then go out to the event and have some fun. And most importantly, though, whenever you sign up, read your rules. Uh, there was a little bit of a fiasco this last time with rules, and uh, we really don't want uh, to see that happen to anybody out there. You know, having heartbreak didn't win something because a, lure, or a rule wasn't followed. So it's always important to read your rules, follow them to a T, and most importantly, you know, don't fret and have a good time. So that's, again, fishcat.com, Lakewood. Uh, it's going to be east of San Marcos. So... Uh, so right now Andrew brought up, please, isn't it? what's that? And then right around Gonzales, isn't it? Yeah, right around Gonzales. Gonzales. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Saw some guys post up some free fish pictures of uh, some stuff they were catching. Uh, it was really early this week. I think it was like Sunday. Some guys went out there Saturday, Sunday, and uh, man, they had some toads. They actually had some fat, fat fish, man. Uh, I've never even heard of Lakewood, but it was enticing enough to me to see those photos and even go maybe try. So, potentially a trip in the book in the books there. But uh, now, Andrew had a very good idea for the show, and uh, I think we might try to implement it every week, themed around you know what we're going to be talking about in general. Uh, this week we really it's not linked to kayak etiquette in any shape or fashion, but uh, he was talking about a top five section. You know, each each time in the show, we would have a top five segment. And uh, some of the guys in the forum, or not in the forum, but the, uh, the the Facebook page, you know, we asked what you guys wanted to listen to, what you wanted to talk about or hear talked about, and some of it was gear. And, uh, and not necessarily just kayak fishing gear, but, you know, fishing gear in general. So I threw together a, a, a little small top five of some, some actual fishing pieces that I'm looking forward to using this coming season. Um, some I have acquired. Some I have yet to acquire, but it will happen before the season kicks off. Uh, so my first one is it's a new reel. It's the Shimano Tranks reel. Uh, I don't know if any of you are familiar with it, but... It is the sexiest reel I think I've ever laid eyes upon. And Andrew can, test, can attest to this. I have been eyeballing this reel for probably three years now, ever since they launched it. it basically what it is is a Shimano uh, calic, Calica, the guts of that conventional reel, in a large bait casting reel. It is amazing. The thing reels in, if I'm not mistaken, like 48 or 49 inches of per crank. And I can't wait to use this thing offshore. I've even seen Larry Dahlberg use it off of shrimp boats, or the boat fishing next to shrimp boats, for yellowfin tuna. That's my kind of reel. Have you, you've seen it, Andrew, right? Like when we went to the fishing show? Yeah, every year at the fishing show I go put my hands on it, and hopefully you know, they'll just let me take it one year. But Yeah, I mean... Now, the the Corrado 300E is cool. I have one. It's a nice reel, but it has nothing on the tranks, man. That and the name just sounds awesome. So, but 
my second piece to kind of follow up with that is the Therese jigging rod. That's really going to be a, 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 a nice match for that reel. Uh, if anybody, you know, if you're familiar with the Therese rod, they utilize Shimano's TC4 construction. Uh, they're very, very uh, flexible at the tip, but insane amounts of backbone, tons of pulling power. They make these things in freshwater, uh, or they make regular Therese rods, not just the jigging rod, but, you know, you can get the jigging rods for offshore, you can get casting rods, you can even use the waxwing rods for the Shimano waxwing lures. They're designed specifically to fish with those. So uh, if you, the, I've got a Corrado 300E mated up to a waxwing rod. It's got to be one of the sweetest setups I've, I've got. So you've got a chance, go out to Shimano.com and check out the Therese rod. They're, they're really, really awesome stuff. Uh, the last three on my top five for this coming season I'm looking forward to using are, uh, are lures. One of them is the Larry Dahlberg series from River to Sea. Uh, it's a lure called the Wide Glide. Uh, it's another offshore bait that mimics a very large mullet or other bait fish, and it kind of walks the dog, but it does it subsurface. And it walks side to side, but when it travels one way, it'll literally travel eight feet to the left. And then when you jerk it again to shoot back to the right, total distance covered is around 16 feet. It is one of the most sick actions I've ever seen on a lure in my life. And I can't wait to use that thing. I've already got one. I got the large one. Uh, I can't wait to see that thing offshore whenever the king's or the linger around the rigs. Uh, that's going to be a fun one to use. The next bait that I was talking about is actually going to, they're going to relate more to the freshwater side. Uh, it's another bait from River to Sea in the Larry Dahlberg uh, collection, and it's called the Diver Frog. Uh, a lot of us, you know, if you're, if you're used to fishing freshwater, you're used to fishing freshwater topwater frogs. One of the most exciting bites on the water. Uh, you can't really go wrong with using a frog, but this frog goes against all everything else as it doesn't float on top of the water for the entire time you use it. It actually dives under the surface. So you get some absolutely monster strikes subsurface, and then when you pause it, it'll float back up, and then they'll just crush it on top too. So looking forward to using that one this season. And then the last one is the Magic Swimmer from Seville. Now I say it's a freshwater lure. They have a freshwater version as well as saltwater. You can use it either way. Uh, the Magic Swimmer I'm going to use for trolling offshore, but I'm also going to have the smaller versions to use, like swim baits, that you would during fre in, in the freshwater. And you can use some of the larger versions, but they make some that fit literally in the palm of your hand, five-inch lures. Uh, but they're, you make them in a soft plastic version as well as a hard body. And personally, I, I'll probably be using the soft body lures in the freshwater and the hard body on, in the saltwater. So... Uh, yeah, that's my five pieces of gear that I'm looking forward to using this next season. So uh, what you got, Andrew? Uh, you know, I'll, I'd like to see you top that five. Well, my five is more, you know, I have a purpose here. Because I have <laughs> four reels I'm using now, and I, I'm trying to add a fifth one. So I'm more coming, you know, student coming to the teacher, asking you what I should add for my fifth reel. Uh, I'm slowly well, converting everything over. So now I have my Avid SX and my MX. Okay. Okay. And then I have 
my spinal core, and a Sitica and a Corrado that I never use. So I don't count the Corrado. I'm trying to right, add so a fifth reel. Are you looking for an offshore reel? Are you looking for a you looking for a reel for the bay? You looking for you know what what are you looking for? I I think an offshore reel. I, I'm I'm leaning towards spinning because I haven't used a spinning reel in forever. And when I, when we okay. went out, you were cast when you were you doing you know when you were speaking bait, you were using that spinning reel. And you're able to cast. I have absolutely nothing I can cast offshore. Well, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a lot of people out there that are when you know in Texas that for spinning reels they they don't like using them. Uh, I I don't know why personally. I, I like the spinning reel. Uh, I like to complement my assortment of conventional reels with a spinning reel. Um, but if you're looking for one to use, I would probably go. You can't go wrong with like a Boca from Quantum. That would be a, that would be a good one, or, like a, or maybe a Cabo. Uh, but personally, I like the Saragossas from Shimano. Uh, I've got the eight thousand class, and it's not priced bad. When I think when I bought mine, if I remember correctly, it's about two hundred and thirty bucks, and it holds an ample amount of fifty pound braid that you can even still put a top shot on and still have the ability to cast uh, very easily. It's a lot of the castability, though, is not necessarily just going to be the reel. You, it, you need to pay a lot of attention to the rod you're going to mix, uh, mix it up with. So, you know, if you're looking at a, a spinning reel, I'd go Saragossa, and I'd probably match it up with, like I said earlier, a Therese rod. That's a, that's a winning combination right there. Yeah, you know, the other thing I've figured out over the past, what, a couple of years, is I've, I've been using all my boat rods inshore and it's handicapped me i mean all my i have they're all short they're all you know six six rods and i think i'm gonna switch over to at least a seven foot rod on almost everything because those six six rods they just they're great for standing and casting out a boat but i don't i have one seven foot rod and i mean i can cast so much better and so much just more comfortable with that rod oh and i gotta switch all my rods over too you know so I know there's a lot of guys out there just getting into it, you know, hanging on to their old gear. I mean, it, 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 I'm learned it's time to go ahead and switch over. Like, I would probably it's never have bought that four reel. For it's the nature fish. of the beast, dude. It's the nature of the yeah. beast. You buy a reel, you've got to have another rod because you're never going to have a rod that's gonna, that you just know that's going to be the one for that particular reel. It, that's just part of the fisherman's sickness. You buy a reel i got to buy another rod, even though i probably got one sent at the house. That's just the way it is, right? I, I would, personally, though, like I said, Saragossa, Therese rod, you can't go wrong. You're more worried about getting a rod that you can, you know, beat up and, you know, you're not worried about dumping a lot of coin into. Check out the, the, tiger, uh, the tiger Stick lights from Shakespeare. Those are, those are fine, but, I mean, for an economical style rod, uh, I like a little bit more specialty gear, but you know, to each his own. Uh, but I, I replaced uh, that rod. I I broke the tip off of in Pensacola too, so I, I have two rods on my list. <laughs> <laughs> Mister Careless, the high sticker, the high sticker. Absolutely, uh, me and Jeff. Well, looks like you and Jeff. <laughs> 
Uh, well, it looks like Bill's calling in. Let's go ahead and bring him in. Uh, this Again, this is Bill Bragman. He's the owner of Yak Gear here in a, or out in Houston, Texas. So uh, without further ado, how's it going, Bill? Doing good. How are you all? Can't complain. Yeah. Not at all. Andrew was just uh, sitting. Andrew was just sharing with us his top five fishing reels that he is uh, <laughs> going to buy this next year. The um, I switched over, started using uh, Pen Battles mm, about five six months ago, and real happy with those. So just for a you know nominally priced hundred dollar reel. I'm not in your category, Jaron, so I can't afford those four and five hundred dollar reels yet. So, <laughs> well, that's that's the problem. Though. Neither can I. I just try to find a way to <laughs> of getting of getting them somehow. So yep, doing the uh, two year layaway. Yeah, I, that's <laughs> pretty pretty much. Cash is king. No credit. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, well, cool, man. Well, I really so, appreciate you coming on tonight. Yeah, we we you guys uh, it's. You know, working for ACK, we've we've been able to uh, I've been able to you know see you guys develop as a as a product line for quite a while now, and y'all uh, y'all come a pretty long way. It's really a uh, it's really impressive to see what you you guys design your line into. And uh, so uh, with you know with that that being said, um, just how how did Yat Gear really come about? Where, where, were the, where were you at one day when you just decided, you know, I'm going to start making kayak fishing accessories or just kayak accessories? Well, I started paddling probably back in about 10 years ago in 04 uh, with my son, Miles. And we bought two Perception Biminis, which we sold a couple of years ago, and I sometimes could, you know, kick myself for doing it because we really love those boats. And uh, we started you know, I've always been a do-it-yourselfer and, and just looking at things different ways. And, you know, we started rigging the boats and we put our own rod holders on it. And we started looking how people were doing things online. And it, one of the first things I realized is, is that you could get bungee here, you could get pad eyes here. Then you had to go over here to get stainless steel hardware. Um, so really the idea even started way back then that how about a, you know, one-stop shopping type situation. And, and there were a couple of companies that were sort of doing it, but, you know, one thing that I did notice is that there was no instructions. Um, you could buy the pieces and parts, but then you just were sitting there looking at them, so you had to go back online. And one of the things, and, and we started out with really nine products, is all the kits come complete. Uh, you get all the bungee, the hardware, the, the stainless steel and rivets and everything, but the kits come with the instructions, um, and now this year we've started doing a program called Yak Gear University where we're going to have about 40 videos, uh, how-tos online, and they'll be up in about probably the next month to two months. So, Well, Bill, what was, your, what was the first product you came out with where you realized that, hey, I could make a career out of this, like I have something here? What was the first thing that really caught everyone's attention that Yak Gear came out with? You know, funny enough, it was our basic paddle leash. Um, just a 3 bungee paddle leash that was really, really light. Um, I noticed that a lot of the leashes that were in the marketplace back then were really heavily coiled leashes with big buckles on them and such like that. And so I just, everybody kept complaining that I don't want to use a leash because they're too heavy and too bulky. 
so we just made a small little paddle leash and we since we initiated we started in 07 supplying to retail stores we've probably sold almost 50,000 of these um, but the paddle leash and our basic fishing pole leash were the first two products we offered uh, offered them online and started watching them go out the door and my son and his best friend Mark were helping me make them on the pool table at our old house and started making a bunch of them and we were selling a bunch of them and, and it just kept snowballing slowly from there that's really cool man so, uh, I'll, I'll in the backdrop I'll go ahead Andrew no you go ahead man all right I was going to say like you know uh, it, it's almost kind of cool seeing the uh, or hearing about the history behind the companies that you know supply the paddle sports industry with with what the good that we need so you know Kudos to you guys to you guys for you know responding to the the paddling market and getting a lot of those products out there that those guys get excited about you know, and along that line you know so how do you develop your new products that you come out with and along that same line you know what you know what you got in the store for the kayak market in 2014 many of the products that, that we develop are actually based on the input from our customers. Um, one of the things that I've always prided myself in since the day we opened is that pretty much every single phone call that comes into Yak Gear comes directly to my cell phone. So I get the opportunity to talk directly with our customers, help them rig their boats. And, you know, different people say, hey, if you could come out with this or if you would do this, you know, that would make my life a lot easier. And you start hearing that over and over again, and you just hear about how customers want solutions so we try to work with them and create the solutions that they're looking for. Um, you know, it, it's a priority to us to really, really meet the customer's needs. So from 2007 when we really actually started going out into the marketplace when we only offered nine products, right now we're up at 200 products. One of the biggest things that we found and we were looking at last year was that the market as far as going out at night, lighting. There was a number of different products that did different things, but we wanted to try to bring it all inclusive under, you know, one roof. So we've designed two new products this year under the, um, the product brand name Lumina LED. Uh, one of them is an interior utility light, uh, LED light. It's round. It floats. We have a battery version. We have a chargeable version. Um, and it comes in white and amber all in the same light so that you can have bright white, bright amber, dim white, dim amber. You could also use it as a flashlight. But it's got a magnetic magnet on the back. The kit comes with mounting discs, and you get two of them. And you can put it inside your kayak so you can light up the whole interior of your kayak. One of the things I always heard from the guys that went out and that used the headlights is that they were basically attracting the bugs right to their face. Um, we've also seen LED strip lights come out. But on the same fact, the ones that are used on the interior, they're starting to really use a lot of battery power. So if you're going out at night and you have your outside lights on, and then all of a sudden this, and this light, you could put it in the back of your truck because of the magnet. It even has emergency settings. So, God forbid something happens on the road, you could put it on the trunk of your car and you have flashing uh, amber lights. We also heard from a lot of guys that wanted to go flounder gigging and, and light up the shoreline at night. 
So we just introduced the Lumina LED floodlights. Um, amazing little light. Uh, six Cree bulbs, 1,300 lumens. Comes with a waterproof switch. Comes with a quick connect. Um, so you can not only use it on your boat, but you can also move it around. And what we've done is paired it with the Railblazer adapter and Starport, so they're easily mounted. Another light Very is cool. uh, Railblazer's new visibility kit. Um, they introduced it about mm, six, eight weeks ago, and it's an amazing light. Uh, whether you use it with the telepole, and as bright as it is, it's 110 lumens, or you can mount it right on the deck of your boat, and it has a shield so you can actually light up your kayak. Or a lot of guys like to have low lights rather than high lights. So you would have one behind you, it's about an 8-inch tall light, and one in front of you. One of the really neat things is that it works on AA batteries, and we rated at about 20 to 30 hours, but we were at the Houston Boat Show, and we left one on for 60 hours, and you could still see it. It was still operating, so it was really cool. So lighting is a big, a big thing, and it's, you know, it's the safety factor of it, most importantly. But it kind of switched gears on you, but to you know, stay along with that, with Railblazer, you know, we got into this industry about the same time. I mean, I was at a big box retailer about nine years ago when I first met you, and for you know, for kayaks, your choices were flush mount rod, rod holders or Scotties, and that was about it. You had made two or three different choices. Now, with Railblaze and some other brands out there, you have a lot more choices in rod holders. Um, mm-hmm. how, how did you get involved with Railblaze? Can you just give us some, you know, background on them and, you know, what you have going on with them also? Um, Railblazer was one of the tournaments that we sponsored. One of the tournament directors actually recommended that I talk to them. Um, we, we've been slowly working with other companies. Um, we're working with fish grips. We distribute their products. We're getting ready to sign an agreement to distribute one of the national, nationally branded paddles. Um, and within that, when I first looked at the Railblazer line, I really got it excited about it just because of the versatility. Um, it was really neat that they offered one rod holder that did spinning bait casting fly or, you know, s- smaller butt offshore. And when you look at some of the other lines that are out there, you got to buy two or three different rod holders. And we've always been a company that we've a- really appealed to, like, the blue collars. Um, and just someone doesn't want to spend an outrageous amount of money, so why buy three rod holders when one does it all? But what really, really got me was their base, the Starport. Uh, one base can be done as a deck mount. It could be done as a flush mount. If you look at some of their videos, some of the guys install them so that they swivel 360. Um, along that starport base, they make rail mounts, uh, which work on in the marine industry on boats. But amazingly, it works amazing on the Hobie PAs. It works great on the Hobie Tandem Islanders and the Adventure Islands. And all of the other little pieces and parts that they do Really, the most fun is buying or looking at some of their stuff and figuring out, you know, how can I take this apart to do this? Um, And actually, some of our customers, and and you, Andrew, have been one of them, that you start taking a piece apart and to use it for something else. So now we started selling the piece as well as the whole part. And their line is just pretty amazing. And, And the owner of the company, Ross Pratt, 
he's really intuitive into the kayak marketplace. He looks at things, you know, just the way I do a little bit differently. And we really work well together, and, and it's been really exciting time for us to be able to bring their products into the United States. It's, it's been really great, and I think the kayak community has really accepted it well as well. Well, uh, uh, so, no, so, go ahead, Andrew. No, no, you're, it's all you. No, seriously, go ahead. Sorry. Okay. okay. Well, you said that, you know, that you brought it to the United States. So where, where is um, Railblazer based out of? Oh, Railblazer is based out of New Zealand. I'm sorry, I should have mentioned that. Um, and, and every once in a while I tease Ross that he's in Australia, but he's not. It's, it is New Zealand. And um, we're looking at other products out of New Zealand as well. Um, you know, where, where we in the United States, um, a lot of people kayak fish in lakes and streams and rivers, and even going out in Galveston Bay and all the bays that are, are around, whether it's East Coast, West Coast, or Gulf Coast, when you're in New Zealand, you go fishing, you go offshore. And so their products are always a little stouter. Um, they're stronger. Um, you know, the things, some of the things they do are designed a little differently to hold up under the stress of how they fish in kayaks there. Um, and obviously pretty much everything they do is saltwater, so it's going to be as strong as it possibly can be to hold up into that, you know, those type of environments. That's pretty cool, man. I, I, you know, I, I can kind of attest to the, you know, the durability of the New Zealand products. You know, my 4.7 was, was one of the ocean kayaks that was designed actually down there. So, you know, you, you can see kind of how what those guys down there think about whenever they're designing boats, you know, keeping them very uh, sealed. You know, they don't want any water intrusion into the hull and, you know, just, the only thing I wish they would do is I'd get off the imperial metric stuff. Wish they'd do the standardized. I can't <laughs> find screws for that stuff. But so along the the Railblazer line, now you've also you know you guys are they acquired Sea Tug. So you now now you're carrying the Sea Tug cart, and you know that that's been around for a little while. And for the longest time ever, it was out. It had inflatable tires, and then. You know, they had some issues with the, the tires or whatnot back in the day, and now they've come out with these solid tires. So uh, how, how's the Sea Tug cart been doing for you? I mean, I, I, I think it's a, great, uh, it's a great cart, personally. It's, um, it's really been great. Um, you know, the, the new wheels are called Kiwi wheels, which is, goes along perfectly with New Zealand. And they're a hard plastic, but down the center, they have about a three-quarter inch hard rubber tread. So when you're on concrete, it's just the rubber that's touching the concrete. But then when you go on a softer surface, then the plastic takes over and it spreads the weight distribution across. The neat thing about it is the cart will carry up to 300 pounds. And it's not a scupper cart. Um, so you're actually resting your cart, your kayak right on top of it. Um, and it's recommended to do that right by where the seat area is. You don't want to do it in the narrowing part. Um, but 300-pound capacity, but if you go to a launch and you walk a quarter of a mile from your vehicle down to the boat ramp, and then you have to walk your cart back to your vehicle, well, the seat tug breaks down into six working parts, and you just store it in, your, in the hatch of your kayak right in the front. And I think that's one of the coolest things about it. 
Um, it has the largest weight capacity. The wheels work amazingly on soft surfaces, and it breaks down. Um, it's a kayak cart. I mean, that's the neatest thing about it. And it, we've been doing really, really well with it. Uh, we just had a company place an order for 100 of them today. Um, Austin Kayak sells a bunch of them. And we're real happy with the product. And, and the new changes have really made a difference also in the customer's eyes. Um, you know, the old wheels had to go away, and they did such a great job redesigning them. I agree. I completely agree. I like the fact that, you know, I really, I really like the sidewinder attachments for the beach, uh, mm-hmm. especially for the, the softer powder. I mean, they, they work ideal. So, yeah, I... Kudos to those guys for really taking uh, a good platform and then just enhancing what was already there. So, big, big, uh, big kudos on that. So, so I got uh, so. And then also, oh, go ahead, Bill. And and if there is customers out there that that have the old blow up wheels and sort of put the cart in the back of the garage, you can buy just the replacement Kiwi wheels now. Um, and it just makes it that you can still get all the enjoyment back out of the car again. And I know it frustrated a lot of customers. So, yeah, it it was unfortunate, but you know it's been rectified and the, the markets responded. They 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 love the the new wheels. So, yeah, that that's gonna be a it's gonna be another big summer for that that particular product. But uh, well, you know, for everybody in the chat room who's listening to uh listening tonight and then who's going to listen later on whenever they download the podcast where can I, where can people go to to view all of Yak Gear's products you got a website you got a phone number um the best place to see it is yak-gear.com um you can call us at uh, the phone number right on the website and 99.9% of the time I'm actually going to answer the phone myself um the you know also you know Austin Kayak has a lot of our products Mariner Sales um, a lot of the big box stores sporting goods stores around the country are carrying a lot of our products um, we're actually in about 1,200 stores right now and that keeps growing and, and actually this year we're starting to see a lot of orders from uh, you know overseas as well and the business from when it was myself and my son and, and his best friend Mark, and it was the three of us making 800 paddle leashes just to fill the first academy order to where we are now, it's just amazing. Um, you know, we have nine employees, and, and everybody's busy from the minute we get there to the minute we go home. So I'm, I'm actually sitting in a hotel room in St. Paul, Minnesota, uh, getting ready to do a whole training program for Ganda Mountain employees. Uh, I won't be able to see Andrew because he's, you know, no longer with him. But um, the one thing we also <laughs> want to do is <laughs> we're, uh, we want to do a little giveaway, and we want a, uh, one lucky customer, and we'll do this on Wednesday, but between now, or, um, excuse me, between now and Saturday. Uh, but you, if you go to the Yak Gear Facebook page and just write, you know, post how you would use one of our lighting products. We'll just do a random drawing, and whoever that person is, whatever lighting product they wrote about, we'll actually send them one of those for free. Uh, so it could be the Lumina LED floodlight, the new Railblazer visibility kit, or maybe the Lumina LED uh, interior puck light. Uh, but whatever someone writes about, we'll just do a random drawing and uh, then pull a winner. 
Wow. That's very cool. That's uh, that's pretty cool, man. Yeah, uh, if you don't mind, uh, we'd love to post that on our Facebook page, or you know, shoot them back over to the Yat Gear page so everybody can uh, can take part in that. That's a really cool offer from you. That's 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 pretty awesome, Bill. No, we appreciate it. And, and as long as your name isn't Andrew or Jaron, you'll you could potentially be a winner. So. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, so, um, well, well, Bill, that that's that's. That's really large, man. I, that, I'm sure that's going to make somebody out there who doesn't have lights on their boat or currently does, that they'll make them really happy. At, absolutely. So, well, cool. What? You know, one, what, one thing, too, and I, and I do want to throw this out there because there's a whole thing about how bright is bright and what is too much and what's too little and such like that. Um, me as a kayak fisherman and, and, as, and as busy as we are, I don't really get a chance to get out on the water as much as I'd like to. Um, but when I do get a chance a lot of times, it's during the summer and I go out at night. And in the flats that we fish as, as kayak fishermen, for a boat to be in that same area, they have to be up on plane. And they're going to be running 30 to 40 miles an hour potentially. And you want to be as visible from as far away as possible. If nothing else, you want the guy running that boat to go, what is that? And that's why all of the lighting products that we do uh, that create visibility, they're bright. Uh, you know, we want to be noticed. Um, even though the law basically says that you can be in your boat and just have a flashlight. Uh, if you're anchored, then you have to have a 360 light. But while you're paddling, just a flashlight. Me personally, I choose to be brighter. Um, it's sort of an insurance policy, and I, and I like going with that, and I like offering that to our customers as well. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's, you don't play around in the water whenever it's dark, and you know, there's those, those boaters that are moving around like that. You don't want to take your life in your hands. If, any, if there's anything out there that's going to help make you stand out and you know, not become a statistic, uh, more power to it. That's, all I, that's, that's what I'm all about, safety. So... Yeah, kudos to you for really stepping into the market on the additional lighting pieces like the, the Lumina LED puck light and stuff like that, you know, to to really kind of help us kayakers stay safe on the water. You know, thanks a lot for all that. No, it's it's a priority to us, and it's important important to the paddlers, so. Well, Bill, I, I really appreciate the yeah, – yeah, really, thanks for coming on, man. Uh, you Thanks for taking the time to do that. I know you're busy up there in uh, probably cold Minnesota, <laughs> but uh, yeah. we really we really appreciate you coming on the show and getting a chance to spread the spread some love about Yak Gear and telling everybody kind of what y'all are about. Well, I appreciate the opportunity and, and I enjoy working with y'all and um, you know we we look forward to things and. Uh, hopefully in the next about three to five weeks, we'll have some really major announcements that we'll be doing uh, about some more co-branding uh, that we've been asked to do with some of the companies out there. And, uh, you know, we'll definitely share it with you all and share it with your listeners. So, Yeah, sounds good to us. We'll, uh, we'll have to find some time this summer to sit down and have you on again. And, uh, you know, who knows, man, maybe you'll be so gracious that uh, you, you do another one of your little contests. <laughs> <laughs> Always glad to do that. All right. Well, again, Bill, thanks a lot for stopping by, and uh, we'll uh, we'll catch up with you uh, another time. That's great. Thank you, guys. Y'all have a great night. Thanks, you Bill. too. Bye bye.
Wow, cool. Bill Bragman from Yak Gear. Uh, if anybody's out there wants to go see the Yak Gear line of products, again, that's yak-gear.com. Uh, like he said, you can, uh, you can always call them on their phone number. It's over on the website. You can set up a time. I think Bill even does custom rigging, so if you're in the Houston area, you want to set up something like that, I'm sure he'd be more than to, uh, happy to oblige uh, that in that fashion. Uh, he, does a, he does a bang up job rigging boats. So it's uh, you've got some good stuff, Andrew. I I like the the little the little aluminum tuck is kind of cool, you know. Uh, I like the fact it's rechargeable. I don't have to worry about constantly buying a battery to throw in something. And the way it charges, I don't have to plug it in. It's kind of like an induction charger. Yeah, no. I, I mean, I've had mine since the Boondoggle. I use that thing for fishing as a flashlight in the car. I mean, it's um, when I first saw it, I was kind of well, what is this? And now uh, it's something I can't imagine not having. So it's a cool little yeah. product. Lights are key, man. They're, I think I think like kayak lighting, you know, is as much as it was, you know, introduced early in the day with you know like the wildcat strips when they first came out. Everybody was like, oh wow, you know, what is that? That was a completely foreign product for kayaks. And you know, if you think it wasn't really even that long ago, it was really like what three and a half, four years ago. So you know. I think kayak lighting will be a big thing for this year. I mean, there's a lot of uh, – I'm seeing a, even a lot of guys that are doing their own do-it-yourself kayak uh, uh, kits. They're, they're going out there and they're, they're buying these strips on, like, eBay and they're, they're customizing their kayaks in the own fashion that they want to do. Uh, so that's kind of a unique twist on uh, the DIY side of uh, installations. It's pretty cool seeing, like, you know, a kayak go by and it's got – a five-foot continuous strip of running lights, and pretty much any color under the you know under the sun. Uh, that's that's definitely what you're going to start seeing more and more nowadays. And it, it's good. It keeps you safe on the water. I mean, green lights, of course, they're going to you know they got the bait fish attracting abilities, and the ambers have the bug repellent property. But and you know, in my opinion, the more important aspect of it is you know, being seen while in the water. That's why I like the bright blue lights that are on my boat. You know, they stand out. Safety is my number one priority in any situation. doesn't matter if it's daylight or not. I mean, yeah, you won't see me in the daylight with the lights, but at night when I like to paddle, for sure. Not a problem. We just need to get your boat lit up, dude. Yeah, well, I need to decide which boat is going to be my boat. <laughs> yeah, I... I you kind of kind of become a yak junkie here lately. Yeah, I just can't decide. You know, I, I like my feel free, like four seven. You know, who knows? Maybe you're a soon to be boat, scupper paddle it. You're soon you're soon to be scupper pro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> that deal's still still pending. It's still pending. I want to see that whenever you get. It. I like vintage boats. Those are always the good ones. Old like old you know, the old tarpon 16s and stuff like that. I always like those old boats, like the old prisms and you know, the aqua terra ones, not the perception ones, the aqua terra ones, like Nate used to have. Right. So, well, man, I don't, I don't really have that much else. I don't know. Do you have anything else that you want to throw up for the rest of the night? No, I mean, I just like the Facebook page is doing tremendous for a weekend to it. I think we have 130 people on it already. That's great, so... I mean, we yeah, just need to get some more recommendations out there. Right. Yeah, I mean, I'm all tempted to click that boost button, but I don't want to pay money for that. <laughs> yeah. 
But uh, yeah, we need to. I, yeah. you, you guys are out there. I'll post a link to uh, to the chat here in just a second to the Facebook page. Uh, definitely go over there. Spread the word about the page. Get the name out. Yak Fishing Texas. Uh, you know, we're we're just starting to scratch the surface for an interactive radio show for our uh, for our side of the woods. You know, those guys over on the East Coast, they've got a good thing. But uh, we need to we need to spread the love over on our side because this is a place that uh, you know everybody can come and hang out and share information with. So, yeah, definitely go out to the Facebook page and, and check it out. Uh, now, next week, I do have something I kind of want to I, I do want to bring Mark on the show from Yak Angler to talk about Boondoggle. I, I'm going to talk to him and see if we can do that because I really want everybody on you know around here to kind of get a feel for what it is and what those guys do. Uh, it's you know it's it's a unique event that I think everybody would thoroughly enjoy. And they've got a really nice website over at Yak Angler and everything. And it, it plays it out very well. So we'll try and get him on. I mean, Mark's good. He's a, he's a great guy to talk to. So we'll, we'll talk about that. But other than that, uh, hopefully, Andrew, you can, uh, you can get some paddling this weekend. and You can have a report. Yeah, it would be a, a nice change of pace. Absolutely. Yeah, I want to sit back like you do and, you know, chill out and listen to a report every once in a while. <laughs> I'm definitely not going fishing, though. <laughs> definitely staying home. All right. Well, that does it for us here over at Yak Fishing Texas. Thanks for stopping by tonight. Uh, we'll be back again next Tuesday, 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. Uh, check the Facebook page. Uh, you'll see the, the show time posted there. Over, over, uh, you can go to the Kayak Fishing Radio, their Facebook page as well, and check it out. Uh, my name is Jaron Wassel. I will see you next week. And until then, tight lines, everybody. <laughs>